Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. No, 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 not that fast. No David Pembroke hosting today, but David Pembroke in the guest chair because I, Andrew Bell, am here to ask David about the future of government communications. Already we've discussed where it has come from, now the future. And it's a real open book, isn't it? We don't quite know what's going to happen. But David, you started working in this space with a fair old idea and many of your hunches, your insights came off. Um, I don't know how good your punting is on the horses and the dogs, but certainly in this space, it's been very successful. But with a new set of crystal balls out now, what kind of future is hurtling towards us? An exciting one. An exciting one. It is so... Uh, it's it's. I, I couldn't be more excited that we are now at this point, that we have arrived um, at the point where technology is now... Um, accessible, uh, it's it, it, the ability to manipulate it, the ability to create stories, the ability to work in the government and the public sector because 99.9% of what government is doing is good. They are trying to intervene. Now, you can argue around the policy whether you agree or you disagree, but the interventions that they are seeking to create, whether it's around behaviour or enhancement or whatever, government is trying to do good uh, and it's generally trying to do good with people. Uh, so the thing is, it's a rich field. There is so many stories to be told, so many stories to be unlocked, and we're starting to see the penny drop that people are saying, we've got to get these stories out so people can understand what it is that we're doing. Can I get a bit philosophical here and, and nod to COVID? Do you think we're recording this here in Canberra as we've come out of lockdown, just to give us a bit of context whenever you're listening to this podcast. So we've come out of lockdown. But do you think the failure to explain policies of various sorts by government may be playing a part in some of the lack of confidence we're seeing in institutions as a whole, that people are the trust issue, that they haven't felt included when things have changed, so that when a major event has happened... They were predisposed not to go, not everybody, but a, a sizable minority was predisposed not to go along yep. or to question in a way which was um, almost threatening. Yeah. Well, I, I think when you talk about trust and you go to that point of trust, that's where there is a, a respectful relationship where you are confident that what you are being told is, you know, authentic, it's transparent. Now, you mightn't agree with it. But as long as someone engages with you and takes the opportunity to try to explain what, what it is that they're doing, well, you know, you can, you can live with the fact that it, you may or may not agree with it. Uh, but the opportunity now is for government and, and the need for government, uh, particularly in this age of misinformation and disinformation, is that if government doesn't explain itself, somebody will explain <laughs> It on their behalf and we'll go and make stuff up and we'll go and, you know, create memes and create alternative facts and create all sorts of where people are then consuming these contents in these social channels which are becoming, you know, or which are 
effectively echo chambers where they're consuming content that is sympathetic to their particular beliefs. Uh, so government really does, it's compelled, I think, to be able to lift its competence and lift its capabilities so as it can more quickly create that useful, relevant, trusted content that can be then spread that people can then go, oh, girl, well, that's the real story. If, so- you, if, if, you, if you leave a vacuum, which I believe has been part of the problem in the past, whereas you're sitting back, it'll get filled. So you can't do that anymore. You've got to get there and you've got to get there fast. Explaining is losing, as they say. But if you get ahead, to use that great phrase, retaliate first, um, how do you do that effectively? You need to make decisions about what information gets out there first, fast and with impact. And sometimes, from my experience, both in the media and working within a government department, there are internal uh, agendas running. Somebody's really likes this particular part of this project and as a media professional you go, that's not going to float many boats here. Uh, is that going to be becoming an increasing pressure on both government and yourself in content group to go, no, these are the top three things we have to say and we have to say them loud, you know, the old thing. Tell it, tell it, yeah. and tell it again. Well, I, I think it gets back to priorities and I think it gets back to the leadership which comes from the political area, from ministers' offices. They are the ones who need to decide what it is are the priorities and then it's up to the departments to then prosecute those. Now, what they then need to do, in my belief, is then to get strategic around, well, how are we going to explain priority one, priority two, priority three, priority four, priority five? And then how are we going to explain those priorities over a period of time, knowing that just because we're the government is not a good enough excuse to think that people are going to listen to you? It's one of the keys here that the messaging preempts any change of government, that policy trumps politics because too often we see babies and thrown out with bathwater and Olympic-sized swimming pools. Yeah, well, well look, I, I, look, you have to accept the reality when you work in government and the public sector, when you work in the bureaucracy, that, you know, the government is the government and that it is political. Hmm. Our, the system is political and it has to be political and that's the way it works. And the people who are the leaders at those areas are going to make decisions that may not fit with your nice, neat plan that you've worked up for priority one, priority two, priority three, priority four. But... You need to get the confidence of those people who are at the the leadership levels in the ministerial offices that your plan is going to explain what it is that they want you to explain to those particular constituent groups that they want to connect with and give them the confidence not to get blown around by the latest, uh, you know, issue that's jumped out of the ground. You know, if we spend all of our time in what I call the blood sport of communications, which is that media end, the political end, which is, you know, that whole, you know, we're, we're trying to find a weakness and trying to get someone to say something and we're trying to, you know, it's that, you know, if, if we spend all our time in that space, you'll never explain to people. You'll never have created a platform for understanding and that's what you need to do. You need to step be out of the chaos and into the strategy and 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 build that 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 media muscle 
to be able to tell that story and tell it in different ways, you know, with video, with audio, with stills, with text, with graphics, using offline channels, using online channels, using the stories of the citizens or, uh, or the grant recipients, like really thinking like a media company as what we're going to do on Monday, what are we going to do on Tuesday, what are we going to do on Wednesday? And and again, it's it, it's a big change in the mindset of the way that we've done that they've done it in the past, but I think it's the it's it's starting to be realised that that is what has to happen, but there is a big change management program that needs to go on across the public sector globally, in order to be able to become more like a newsroom. And that's really my vision for the future: is that government organisations are going to act much more like a newsroom. It's one of the challenges in many institutions that they have their internal comms people and they have their external comms people, and never the twain shall meet. Yeah. Well, I think at times, you know, like a lot of government organisations, what happens is that we do get into our comfortable silo and we get into our space and we sort of keep our head down and we look. We look quite narrowly up and down and we don't look side to side and we don't think about, well, hang on, how are we going to do this? And this is where audience focus uh, starts to break that down because if we start to think about the audience, now internal communications, the audience are the, you know, the, the good people who work in that department. Now, if you're an internal communicator, you need to think about them and you need to think about their lives and you need to think about what's concerning them. And so your story is going to be necessarily different to a program area who may be trying to communicate with an external group, but they need to know and understand they're all part of the one story, if you know what I mean. Like connecting internally to motivate people to then service those people externally, everyone sort of needs to know what's going on. So There's an HR element to this almost. Absolutely. You know, internal communications is, is massively important, particularly at a time when... Um, Skill, you know, the the changing context driven by technology means that, you know, the jobs of the future haven't been created yet and the skills that you need to be able to do the jobs of the future, you know, are are there and they have to be learnt. And so in the public sector, just as much as in the private sector, one of the big challenges that's going to come now is evolving the workforce and how do you bring them on that journey so your workforce has the necessary skills to be able to take advantage of the gift of technology that's coming. So that is a big piece of it around skills and that is a big part of HR, learning and development, internal communications, so people know and understand what it is that's expected of them so they can better serve the citizens. Where does that leave legacy media? Is it a smouldering wreck or does it does it have to rethink how it looks at government communication? Because you and I both know if you see something co- coming from government, the default of any decent reporter is to be cynical rather than sceptical. Yeah, and, and look, the media is, is a pillar of our democracy and it should be strong and it should speak truth to power and it should question everything that comes its way. That's its job, that's its function. But where we operate is inside the government department trying to explain that policy, program, service or regulation. Now, often the media aren't going to be interested in that stuff. They don't really want to, you know, they're interested in the political uh, elements of it about, you know, who was right, who was wrong, you know, did they overspend, did they underspend, you know, was there, you know, that, that's a different part of the game. Where we think the opportunity lies is by taking the skills of media as in being able to create good content, 
write well, um, create good video, create good audio, um, great animations, graphics to explain the policies, programs, services and regulations so you build understanding in the community and that builds trust. Now, that that operates entirely away from the mainstream media. Now, I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's what it is. It is what it is. And that happens over there and long may that continue. But this ability, this muscle, this, this process... This function needs to be built, it needs to be strengthened, um, and people need to understand what government is doing, and that is the best way that they'll do it. You'll never get a, a policy or a program or a regulation really explained to you well through you know, traditional media because they don't have the time, the space, they don't have the resources anymore, and so therefore that's where the opportunity is. is. That, a, is that, that, that is a big change because there's almost the facade of explanation in, in legacy media where there's been a launch of this but actually within 10 seconds yeah. of the story starting you are, to use a media training term, bridging into the political argument. Correct. So actually there is a vacuum at the moment, Correct. would you argue? Absolutely. Just for the information, just the facts, man. Just, that's all you have. But that's the point. What government, 99.9% of what government is doing is good. They are trying to enrich the community. They, now, you can agree or disagree, that's fine. But in our system, there's a democracy, we have an election, someone wins, someone loses. The ones who win, they get the government. They get to take their policies and put them into place and then it's the job of the public service to explain those policies and programs to the community. Now, that's the job. Now, the fact is technology has now enabled government to be able to do that. Previously, they were trying to push it through the eye of a needle and when they couldn't be, didn't have access to these 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 uh, the technology or these platforms, now they're there. So what the opportunity is now is to build the skills and the mindset and the capability to be able to get the most out of these to better explain the policies, programs, services, and regulations. That's the beginning, the middle, and the end of the story that as we see it. You're listening to the GovComs podcast. I'm Andrew Bell. With me is David Pembroke of, of Content Group, who's usually hosting these podcasts and asking other practitioners about what they've done, what they think about the space. But and could I could I just encourage people to go back and have a listen? There are so many good stories. Just about to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it says it's host it's... on the back of this chair, you know. <laughs> but, yes, do go back and listen. It's fantastic. There are so many good stories there. And you just listen to the story and it's like, ah, because the purpose of it is to is to pick up one or two things and then put them into your job and then see if you can be just a little bit better every day. Okay, let's polish off the, the crystal balls now. Yeah. And uh, are there any specific things that you can see happening in the next 6, 12 months, 36 months or is it just a, as they might say in a statistical agency it's a trend? Uh Look, I think the big thing that's coming is is data. That's going to be the so data visualization that kind um, of stuff? well, yes. It, well, data visualization is part of it. You know, government departments and agencies are information factories. They are so, that's all they are. They're just full of information, and so I think the ability to be able to take that information and to be able to package it in ways that is accessible to people, so people can understand what's going on. Um, is, is going to be part of it. So unlocking these vast resources is a huge opportunity and getting the confidence um, 
and risk tolerance, dare I say it, in government departments to better engage with citizens and stakeholders because this is the thing. The the wider world is is wanting more. They're, they're not sort of – and, and they want more transparency. When we talk about trust – that's what they want from government. So it's going. It's much more opening the kimono rather than holding back. So I think there's an there's an opportunity there, but I think the other thing is that, particularly in the in the realms of, um, uh, you know, the creation of content, the publishing of content on digital platforms, you know, the the digital exhaust is data. So you're going to find out from people whether they know. Do they understand? Have they engaged? Have they got the message? So the ability to be able to um, generate insight from your publishing, I think, is going to be a big change. So as it, you start to then look at, you know, how are you know how are we performing? What sort of insights are we getting? Um, what sort of feedback? What sort of information can we get from the audience to be able to better strengthen our policies and programs and services and regulations? And I think the comms areas are going to come into their own and become much more central to policy development because they are going to be that bridge to the community where they're helping policy areas, you know, uh, organise their information in a way that people are going to engage with and put those on the platforms where people are going to be there to consume and to be able to give their opinions. But then once you have that data, you're then in a position to be able to go, okay, well, you know, we're getting feedback, let's trim the sales, we're not going to do that anymore, we've got it, you know, data is going to become core to what, what you do. Can I also talk about how we react to analytics and, and how we learn from analytics rather yep. than that works, that doesn't. Yeah. The grey area. How do we get to that grey area, the nuance of well, communication? The, well, that's, that's experience in lots of ways. Uh, it's knowing what you're looking at. It's working with cross-functional teams because this is the other big thing that's coming is that uh, the silos are being destroyed by technology. Uh, in all organisations, not just not just government, public sector organisations, but technology is, uh, you know, laying waste to uh, to vertical structures. We now operate in horizontal uh, realms. So, to me, the best way to be able to uh, take advantage of the data is to bring together cross-functional teams where you have people from policy, you have people from comms, you have people from HR, you have people from finance, you have people from law, you have people in different areas who are all looking at that information from a different sort of lens. A bit like an old newsroom used to be. Well, this is the point. This is where we're going. And where these newsrooms are going to be uh, full of different types of people. We're going to have behavioural scientists. We're going to have data analysts. We're going to have technologists. We're going to have journalist-like, you know, people with journalist-like skills. You're going to have project managers. You're going to have change managers. They're going to be working in these multifunction teams delivering against these priorities of government because I go back to being strategic. That's the point. If you want to operate purely in the blood sport area of trying to win the media day, win the cycle, if you think that that's what's going to help build trust, if you think that that's what's going to be authentic, good luck to you. It's not going to happen. So you should be then looking inside and going, how can we take this gift of technology? How do we draw together all of these wonderfully smart people? There are so many smart people working in government. Um, Bring them together, 
distill all of their skills, their insights, their mindsets, their views. That's where you discover the value when you work as teams, cross-functional teams. You talk to a lot of people in government. If you were over a cup of coffee saying to them, if you do one thing and one thing alone in the future, that change something that's still hanging around. We talk about the risk aversion and all the rest of it, but is there other, other things that really need, I hate to use the phrase, but blowing up? Or is it simply walk, you know, walk the walk, don't just well, look, say you want this? Look, if, if, I, if, there, if you gave me one thing, if I could only have one thing, it would be putting the citizen at the heart of what it is that you're doing, okay? The audience. The audience. Think about them and then think about their lives and think about their, their stresses and their worries and how do they get information and what are they thinking, what questions are they asking, and then b- draw these multifunctional teams around these audiences to build out what they call personas to understand them better and then craft your communication and engagement program to engage with those needs that they have and to listen. When they tell you something, listen to what they say and use that insight to enrich your policy, your program, your service or regulation. It's a simple thing that people can do. Bring the audience into the conversation, put them at the centre and from there start to make your change. Many government departments, institutions, they, they know about this thing called technology and this digital world, um, but do they not f- hobble themselves by not wanting to find out the next sentence? They want, they want a thing. They want a webinar. They want a podcast. They want a video something or other, but they don't know why they want it. They just want it. Is that something that needs to change or is it already changing? It's changing but it needs to continue to change because the, the tactical elements are great and those answers could be right but you have to connect the priority or the objective to the audience to then make judgments. So until you do that strategic planning and thinking, you should not be making choices about animations or graphics or videos or whatever. You've got to do the work of thinking about the audience as it relates to what the government is trying to do in terms of its priority. You're one of the most resolutely upbeat people I've ever met. Uh, (laughs) If I can throw a sort of nervous Nelly uh, comment in... um, Often, even when people are confident in this new idea, it takes very little to wobble their world and retreat. This this idea that... But the door's been slammed shut. This is the problem. You can't go back anymore. This is what, to me, this is what COVID's done. It has just, it it, it has uh, opened up the opportunity. People have seen the opportunity Uh, citizens have taken the expectation, staff have taken the expectation and change is afoot. And so it's not as if we can then say, oh, hang on, we're going to forget about COVID-19 and we're just going to go back to the past. It's like that's gone, that's finished, that door's locked 
and now we've been forced forward to learn lessons. To learn lessons. But let's learn the lessons now and let's start to think about how are we going to get about it. And again, I'll just simply go back to the point. Let's get more audience-centered. Let's think of cross-functional team. Let's bring the behavioral sciences together with the technologists, with the change managers, with the project managers. Let's not be scared. And as comms people, let's lead. Because the thing is, in this new world, there are opportunities everywhere that don't necessarily belong to anyone just yet. So what I believe comms people need to be doing is get up, get into your organisations and just start doing stuff, claiming as much of the, of the real estate as possible. Because if we can be the enablers of these cross-functional teams and being the ones who are drawing people together, thinking about the audience, putting them at the centre, helping policy people, helping program people, that's where the modern age comms uh, person and team will really add value where they're really um, uh, bringing people together. We are the people people and that's what we, that's the opportunity that we've got and it's a wonderful opportunity for, for communicators. So we're not order takers anymore. We're not the colouring in department anymore. Digital technology has given us, you know, four rungs forward. You know, we've now moved forward. So now let's make the most of this opportunity, let's lead. And I, that's the, the only thing I would really ask people now is to don't ask for permission, just get out there and do things. And that's what the GovComs Institute is all about, learning and leading. There you go, there's a phrase for you. Yeah, because um, it is. And the GovComs Institute was an idea that came off the back of the GovComs uh, Festival, which we held as part of the OECD's Government Aftershock, where you hosted that for 24 hours. Which was, it was a, a telethon without, <laughs> without, without money. Without money. Yeah. But it attracted an audience of 1,700 people from 28 countries. There were, you know, 150 hours worth of content. This is an emerging space. And, and I keep going back to this OECD walking in and going, okay, this is fair income. This is serious now. We actually have to do something about it. We have to start thinking about it, and that's the that's a really exciting step forward for um, the the profession of communications. David Pembroke, you've thought about it, you keep thinking about it, and you keep. I love it. You do love <laughs> it. You do. Love it. And guess what? You're going to love even more for the next episode of this podcast. You're going to be back, sitting, back in the chat, talking to people, ch- asking simple questions. And what happened next? And what happened after that? And what did you do then? And, and there are so many smart people in, in working in government communications. Um, it's it's great. It really is. It's so much fun, and, and it's important. And it's important. I get back to this. Is this what we do is important? Because it is, it is at the heart of trust. It is at the heart of authenticity. If governments can be better at explaining what they're doing... Now, people can disagree. I don't care. That's fine. You can disagree as much as you like. But if government is effective to say, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, this is how it's going to make you better, that's a good thing. And if we all get up every day and go to work and do our best effort around that particular mission, we can't go too far wrong. You good thing, David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me, Andrew Bell, on the GovComs podcast. My pleasure, Andrew. There are loads of podcasts around. (laughs) Tune in and contact us if you think you've got a story to tell. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. 